Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everybody. I am so glad that you joined us today. You can give us a call at 1-800-229-3000. We're going to take calls for the next hour with Chris Williams and Dr. Jackie Mac Harris. And I was so excited. I'm excited to be in the same room with you guys because normally I'm phoning it in. But Jackie and I actually were at the Intimacy and Marriage Intensive this past weekend, and it was so great to work with you. But that was, was that your first time doing the intensive like that? It was. And your takeaway... It was fabulous um, to go from Friday to Sunday with this group of couples and see the transformation, um, just their body language, the way they sat with each other. And as a as a you know couples therapist that works with high conflict couples, it was really cool to see the work that could be done in in a couple of days. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know Chris, you've done it before, uh-huh. and you know we teach people about what's historical becomes hysterical Mm -hmm. and um and even jackie you just mentioned something right before air about that um that i noticed in concentration right i see it spread out in my work but sitting there with them um so many times throughout the day i noticed that childhood trauma wakes up in our marriage yeah you know we say it's the this is the relationship where you can heal. It's also mm-hmm. a place where we, we get hurt, but it, that's the childhood trauma waking up. And when people connected with that, they turned away from their resentment and turned towards their partner. And it was, it was just incredible. Well, it's the great conundrum of intimacy. Yeah. We all crave it and we're terrified at the, at the same, at the same time. time because yeah. what intimacy does is it reveals. And what does it reveal? Mm-hmm. Well, everything. If you mm-hmm. give it time, yeah. And so all of those historical pains and hurts and, and, and there's the trick of marriage. It's like I had buried all those things because I'm a really good defender. I have a defensive <laughs> mechanism inside of me that is very skilled and gifted and had done workouts. over. Although, over but, although I think that I'm just healthy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what you tell yourself yeah, anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, it works right. pretty good. Yeah. I, I got it all together. Yeah. And then you showed up. And then it revealed all this stuff. Mm. And so the mistake I make is that it's your problem. You're the problem. Yeah. Rather than I have this problem I'm carrying and I don't know Mm -hmm. how to work through it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the strength Mm -hmm. of this two-day experience. Mm -hmm. This intensive allows us to not just address the what, because, you know, we know in our marriages, we can circle the same painful mountain on the what all day long. For years, right. and almost every couple has a version of that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, it's 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 a creative on a theme, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is your this is your dynamic. This is your uh, what do they call it? The attachment um, style, 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 and the cycle, your love and, style, yeah. and here's your core pattern. Core pattern. That's the word I was looking for. Well, and when when we learn core patterns, mm-hmm. and we went, when we learn a comfort circle, when we learn the how, a healthy how can bear almost any what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that's what we need to get to. That we need, is what we, we need, need to, to, to establish healthy hows on how to do relationship, how to do conversation, yeah. how to do intimacy, because again, that is the strength that bears whatever what will come our way. And there's this weird idea that 
it's not supposed to be uncomfortable. Like, right. If you, <laughs> yeah. if, if you feel something, it's being done wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's and that goes along with, you know, when we first fall in love, it feels so good. And, you uh-huh. know, the other person can do no wrong. And yet, wait a minute, don't eat the wedding cake, right? Because then everything goes wrong. Right. I love that you shared that and shared with us this weekend. I know that um, those couples that you worked with are better for it. It was, it was a blessing. I'm better for it. Oh, mm, that's awesome. great. That's awesome. Well, we're going to continue to take your calls. We've got some coming in. 1-800-229-3000. Uh, whether you have identified your core pattern or maybe you're single and you're thinking, this has nothing to do with me. Oh, it has everything to do with you because it's you. You're the common denominator. Let's fix it. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are taking calls for the next hour, 1-800-229-3000. You know, one of the things um, that I want to just share with you listeners, we're going to do Emotional Freedom March 16th with both Dr. Jackie Mack Harris and Chris Williams. And, you know, it's a great, it's an online workshop Mm -hmm. and we will have the breakout groups with the counselors and, you know, maybe need to spend that one day getting to the root of whatever is keeping you stuck. And uh, you can find all the information. You can call us or go to newlife.com. And I know Chris and Jackie will uh, change your life. Steve's going to be joining us on that day as well. And, um, you know, I just know that if you need a time where it is designated, I want some emotional freedom. I want to get unstuck. That's the day that you can join us that day. Well, and if I can just do one more plug, because I hear the pro the protest or the resistance, you know, I don't have the time or I don't have the financial resources. Stuck negative emotions are ripping your time away mm-hmm. yes. and they are draining your bank account. I can guarantee it. So yes. invest in this well and watch it grease the the wheels of the rest of your life. When we get emotionally free, it starts to provide fuel and energy for everything else. I love it. And if you're confused about it, we have a free quiz to see if you're emotionally free. You can go to newlife.com and take that. And uh, I think that'll give you some clarity, but we'd love to see you then. We're going to go to the calls. We are going to talk with Diane, who's calling us from Washington, D.C., listens on WAVA. Hello, Diane. How are you today? I am blessed and grateful. Thank you for asking. Yes. How can we help Uh, you today? Okay, I'm calling for my sister who I'm going to encourage to listen to this on the net once you um, give her some advice. She has experienced some deep church hurt that must go back maybe 30 years because we're both senior citizens now. But she continues to bring it up from time to time, which means it's still not resolved. And so just real quick background, um, our our mother left when we were, when I was five and she was three from a mental illness, went to a mental institution. Mm. And my sister was most like my mother. And so my father kind of took a lot of things out on her. She was the third child. So she never had a lot of confidence. She never had much self-esteem, and so she battles with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what occurred is she was at a church, and I guess there was some really big youth event of some kind, and they someone just begged her and begged her to be the MC, 
And she, you know, kept trying to say, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I can't do that. But somehow they got her to do it. And so she's on stage at a church, which is medium to large size, 20, 30 years ago. And, of course, she does the best she can, but she said everything fell apart that day. Mm. And when the pastor, the pastor's wife, not the pastor, but the pastor's wife came up and got on stage, she looked at my sister and she said, well, next time be better prepared. Oh, wow. And my sister, and it's like, okay, now, my father treated her really, really bad, but she never brings that up over and over again. Okay. But she, but she has brought this up to me and to her friends maybe once every couple years or something. She has to share it with us. And so that experience evidently was deeper hurt to her than anything my father ever did because the two of them reconciled mm-hmm. in their old age. Mm-hmm. So... so- Diane, what is the question for us? How can we help you with that? Or how can we help your sister the best with that? Well, I'm trying to, you know, out of the blue, I said, well, Marilyn, next time I come to Pittsburgh, we're going to have a funeral for this event. Mm. (laughs) We're going to bury it. Um, She thought that was real funny. (laughs) But uh, I'm, I'm trying just to suggest what she can do or me and her friends can do. To help her bury this. Um, yeah. Because she doesn't need to re-experience it every time she belabors it again, sharing it with us. Well, and I think, Diane, too, you're probably tired of hearing it as uh-huh. well. <laughs> Chris, how would you start? Well, so, so Diane, I love, I love... Oh, go ahead. No, I start... To, she starts the conversation with me right. by yeah. saying, okay, I know I said this to you before, but please just listen. <laughs> okay, so it's important. I love this idea of having a funeral. I, I, I think it's fantastic. But you got to bury the right thing. Oh. And so, oh, so if you bury the event, it will do nothing because the event isn't the problem. Right? Okay. The event was a megaphone for the actual problem. So, so I'm going to go, I'm going to make something up about your sister and it might echo something true. So your sister who lost her mom, whose father did not treat her well, she has all this pain, all this angst, all this hurt. And, and also this abandonment of mom, not her fault. And Again, the kind of rejection of dad, not her fault either, or the, you know, the mistreatment of her dad. And she believes that she is unworthy and not good enough. And so, mm-hmm. and so she's been carrying that her whole life. And there's these like little markers all along the way that scream out, see, 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 that's trying to prove mm-hmm. this message true about her, this belief she has about her. In that moment, that pastor's wife was the proverbial straw on the camel's back or the tipping point. It's not that thing. It's all of the things underneath that thing. And all of that is the high water level of uh, or poison, I'll say, the high poison level of her negative belief about herself that that moment gets all the credit for. Wow. 
So if she can identify mm-hmm. what her core shame message is, bury that. Mm-hmm. Have a funeral for that. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah it, you, it looks like the problem was that event. All that event did was make public what she'd already been dealing with. Mm. And so she keeps coming back to that because everybody, everybody saw it. That's good. She was yeah. naked in front of yeah. everyone. And that has not been validated. Part of why she keeps coming to you with the story is because when she comes, you try to make it better. You don't just validate, yeah, that sucked. Mm. That was awful. You shouldn't have had to go through that. Mm -hmm. That broke your heart. Just like all the times Mm -hmm. before when somebody Mm -hmm. demeaned you or minimized you. Mm. And so she's really getting more from you and the friends of what she's already got. That She's not even enough to stop talking about this silly thing that happened 20 years ago. So just if you're going to bury anything, it needs to be the actual problem, which is the shame she has carried throughout her life for not being enough for her parents to, re- to, to stay for mom, to be healthy enough to stay, even though mom had, you know, maybe no control over that and wasn't good enough for dad to accept her and not reject her. In his grief, he took it out on her. She could forgive him because it was private and it was... It was so close. He's he's so close on her inner circle. She's desperately wanted it. Mm-hmm. She can be angry at that pastor's wife because she's so far removed right. from her. She can cut her off. Right. She could not like her, but she couldn't do that with dad. She needed that connection. And, and I think, Jackie, the point that you made is really important, and that is this happened in a public setting. Yep. She can no longer exactly. be in control of that message. Yep. Yeah. Now so, everyone's seen it. So going back, let's talk to Marilyn, even though uh-huh. Diane's the one calling, but this is going to be going to Marilyn. Give Marilyn yeah. some steps of, you know, because I'm thinking those soul words, you know, how did you yeah. feel? How, yeah. what? Yeah, you have four questions. Right. Yeah. I heard uh, Mark use a term uh, of... Um, Observer, observing self, observing self, right? So the four questions work within that. What do I feel? Why do I feel that way? Where do I feel it in my body? Mm -hmm. And what do I need? Marilyn, you need to learn to look at yourself and stop looking at other people looking at you Mm -hmm. because you're missing what's really happening inside of you. And I think, Diane, that's why she keeps bringing it up. She's trying to regulate. And when you uh, are talking with her, you regulate her. Mm. Yeah, she can come to yeah, you, and you're like, "It's good, we're fine." It's, this is this happened mm. a long time yeah. ago, and you bring her down, yeah. and so then she feels stable, and then it runs out, and in about two years later, <laughs> she needs to do it again. Yeah. So, Marilyn, you have yeah. to find out what you are feeling apart from everybody else, and then you determine what you need. Looking at what you can do for yourself first, and then who's the best other to connect with. And you might just need to cry on your sister's shoulder and grieve the loss of that little girl who didn't have mm, the dad or the mom good. that she really wanted. I wonder, too, Chris, you do a lot of work with storytelling or narrative, yes. and I'm yeah. wondering if we can give Marilyn a different story Absolutely. about that experience. What Absolutely. would you say? I, I would say, it, Marilyn, okay, People did not respect your boundaries. Your no was a no. And a person in power, you felt pressured probably to please. And then they put you in that position. And then when you didn't execute it the way they wanted to, or the way you wanted to, for that matter, then they publicly shamed you. That's not okay. That's something that happened to you, just like your childhood, not something you did wrong. 
So the s- true story is that says nothing about you and everything about the leadership. There you go. Yes. And so, but I still want you to know, Marilyn, that you are loved and you don't have to perform to get it mm. and that you are worthy and you don't have to be someone to have worth. Mm. You already are someone. And your work is to go discover that and then root it deep in your heart. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, Diane, the thing that we get into in relationship is we, it's like what we were talking before about these, um, and I, why am I forgetting that word? The, the um, circles. Core, core pa- oh, yeah, core, core pattern. Core pattern. Yeah, core you pattern. and your sister have a core pattern. Yes. Marilyn tells you the story uh-huh. and you respond yeah. with a shutdown. Yeah. And so somebody's <laughs> got to change that dance step. Yeah. And so I love that you called on behalf of her. And I think, Marilyn, as you listen to this, you're going to have insight. Um, but it's it's disrupting a core pattern. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and to change the story I think we, we need to look at where we came from. And so now here you are today as the adult woman that you are at the age that you are, having lived the life that you've lived. What would you say your story has been? Mm. Um, has it been a horror story? Has it been a romantic comedy? Has it been a drama? Has it been an action flick? What What's the story behind you? What does it say about you today? Is What's the truth? What's the lies? We got to weed that out. And then you decide who are you and who do you want to be going forward? Yeah. And so you can look at your story to figure out how did I get here? Mm-hmm. What does this all mean to me? And, and maybe the conversation with Diane, Marilyn, can be more about that. Yeah. Like who I want to be. What, mm-hmm. what, is you, what have you dreamed wow. about becoming? Because you still have time. You, as long as we're topside, we still have time. <laughs> so do you know? Well, and even to that point, too, Diane, when you think about what Marilyn has accomplished in her life. Mm-hmm. Everything gets reduced to that young woman on the stage as opposed to celebrating this whole life that has been lived and is worth celebrating. And and maybe, Diane, when you're with her, as Becky said, changing the core pattern, um, rather than saying, you know, that she should just get over that it happened so long ago. Give her a room to talk about what that did to her. Make her think about what it did to her. And I, I think she'll end up talking about some other things once she can talk about what it did to her. Right. Other things are going to get connected to that. And then you get to point out all the great things that she's done. Yeah, that happened. But it was a learning experience. I, I, I used uh, Nelson Mandela's quote, I never lose. Either I win or I learn something. Mm. Mm. And I just want to share that with you, Marilyn. What did you learn from that experience? Because mm. I'm sure you did, and I'm sure it's changed how you show up. Mm. I love it. Diane, is that helpful? Man, that's so amazing. You guys are <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you're, you, thank you, thank you. You're a fabulous sister. You're a fabulous yeah. sister. I'm going to send you. Go help somebody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to send you a copy of How We Love because that's going to help you with mm-hmm. that core pattern and understanding um, that history that changes our story. Yeah. And when and, you work with her, you can use the core pattern out of How We Love mm-hmm. to talk through it and to dig deeper for her. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you, Diane, for calling. And uh, if you are listening and you would like to call, you can call us 1-800-229-3000. We are going to take calls. We want to help you. Maybe you're stuck in a core pattern. Maybe you keep having the same discussion over and over again, expecting different results. And we know what that is. Insanity. We'll be right back after this.
We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are taking your calls, 1-800-229-3000. And, you know, we've been doing this for 35 years, and we have some amazing uh, history with helping people over those years. Right now, we are going to go to a, <laughs> a call that Steve did. Uh, who knows when? It was some time warp uh, before, but we're going to listen to his call with Wayne. Let's talk to Wayne from Toronto, Canada. Hello, Wayne. Welcome to New Life. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. Good What's Wayne. going on? Um, well, I'm in a, I got a real difficult predicament here. I've got uh, marriage 11 years. Uh, suddenly, my we uh, moved into our dream house after having 10 years of uh, crisis kind of falling around our feet. Yeah. And, uh, really really stressful marriage and uh like fina- kind of not, financial crises or personal or uh even more financial all the time we kind of had things always kind of just cave in around us yeah. all the time constantly there's nothing we could do it just fell around us okay um things finally got better uh, we were moving our dream house my wife said i need to go away for a long weekend by myself i said no problem i trust you she comes back a completely different woman uh, I question her about it, and all of a sudden she says, "I want out. I want a divorce." Oh my goodness! I'm 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 done. You know, I haven't been happy for eleven years, and I'm you know floored. What's going on? What's going on? So and, what was going okay. on? So I make some changes. She says she likes it. She's interested. You know, um, you know, maybe I'll stick around a little bit. And uh, now there's a commitment. Then, uh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I said there's a commitment. Maybe yeah. I'll stick around a little bit. Yeah, and uh, well, what happens is she starts confiding in, in, into another man then and being sold by another guy. Uh-huh. And it turns okay. out this guy is my son's Sunday school teacher. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so, the you know, I'm not sure what to do because I'm on pins and needles, so I was afraid to address the situation. So I finally did, and I said, you know, this ain't cool. you got to stop. And I had this guy actually over at my house for dinner. And you nice did. And I got along with him. And I said, you know, do I have to worry about you? And he said, no, 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 my intentions are completely honorable. You know, I went through a divorce with my wife, and our situations are similar. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm trying to help her. Okay. So stupid me kind of let this thing go a little bit. And it went to the next level, unbeknownst to me. Now, one uh, one of my buddies found out that she went and stayed at his place for night. Then the one time. And so then he went and blew this thing up in church. How how do I get rid of this guy? She's agreed to go to a new life weekend with me just so I sign divorce papers. How do I get rid of this guy so that I have a chance? All right. If I were you, um, this just be me. You've already confronted him. You said, hey, you know, what what are you doing here? Uh, I would go to your pastor and say what you said to us. I did a really stupid thing. I kind of turned my wife over to this guy for counseling and uh, and now they're in an affair. Would you go with me to confront him and ask him to leave her alone so that I can try to rebuild this marriage? What do you think, John? Yeah, I think I would go from both directions, Wayne. Um, this guy is, I mean, especially he's as a Sunday, as a church leader to be that deceptive, um, is, is a kind of a cancer in the church and he needs to be quarantined so i would definitely go to the leadership for his sake your wife's sake and the church's sake yeah there's there's a lot of other things here too like uh she's like i gotta admit i'm not completely innocent in 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 this whole thing either like i haven't had an affair or anything like that but i went through a lot of years of depression that made her life pretty hard and and i don't blame her for being angry at me uh, and a lot of well depression is not a sin wayne it's an illness 
Yeah. Well, that's what she's, that's what she got diagnosed with just a little while ago in, uh, uh, about five months ago. And she, they were, she was told she had a chemical imbalance. And so they put her on antidepressants. And then all of a sudden she started floundering around with all these other men. And so now mm. she's had a, a few one night stands with other guys. And, mm. uh, you know, she says, I don't love you. I just want out of the marriage. And it, it, her parents and her friends are absolutely beside themselves. They couldn't understand why she wasn't trying to fix this thing, and that's when we found out that this other guy was involved, but they don't know that we know. And you said that she's willing to go to a New Life weekend? Yeah, just to shut me up. Well, just do well. it. See what happens. That's the thing to do. Well, the, the other, Between now and then, you've got some other things you need to take care of. Yeah, the other part of that was that, is, is that as you can do everything you can on his end, but is there anything you can do to insist that she stop the relationships with this guy or is she just going to say you have nothing to say to me um if honestly if she if she finds that i know my wife really well and if she knows that i know she's having a sexual affair with him she'll could just cut that weekend thing right off and say that's it i'm done i'm, I'm moving out of the house today like like there, there's there's other things here like i've been listening to your show for a while and from what i understand she from what i understand and i know i'm not a doctor but from what I understand, she's a love addict. I mean, uh, she literally throws herself at men hmm. when uh, she's when, when she she's not in a she's never been without a relationship. Before I met her, two years uh, two years previous to me, my our marriage, she had twenty five boyfriends within two years. Oh, so she's got lots of uh, what we call um, uh, dependency issues. Yeah, and and she's had you know, childhood trauma. She was that she was sent to jail when she was sixteen for something she didn't do. Her parents had a very public uh, affair in the church. Well, it sounds like the structure—the structure of the marriage—stabilized her, but it didn't heal her. You know, so it's a purpose and it gives intimacy and it gives stability. But if there's abuse and trauma and that sort of thing underneath, that stuff doesn't get healed by marriage. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of on hold, on ice, until other stresses hit it, and then it's sort of like the—you know—the tectonic plates start shifting, and the internal stuff just goes goes crazy. And it sounds like she's now acting out a lot of old stuff. She needs help. She needs serious help. She needs to come to the weekend and be in mm-hmm. some some real serious therapy when she gets out. And and my hope would be that the weekend would give her a context where she can see you as a good person, but even more importantly, to see you as a good person, Wayne, that she sees that she needs help and that her life is headed toward a lot of misery if she allows those, those old parts from the past to, to take over. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. 
Welcome back. Yes, we are taking your calls, 1-800-229-3000. But we want to reflect back on Wayne's call to John and Steve. And, you know, it's so funny because, Chris, you said something even before Wayne called Mm -hmm. about these core patterns that we're talking about. And in this situation, he definitely was a pleaser. Yeah, yeah. And what do we know about pleasers? Well, being a pleaser, a very, <laughs> a, a very gifted, yes. a very gifted pleaser, uh, working on recovery in that for sure. Yeah. Is that we as pleasers are looking at the solution of pleasing the other person, making the other person be happy, which is actually a form of control that we can't see. Mm. I'm trying to control your mood and your behavior by helping you be happy with me because being happy with me is going to cure all the problems. Mm. What ends up happening is that the pleaser only anesthetizes or medicates the problem. It never addresses or solves the problem. And so the pleaser must then do the work to learn how to have confrontational, critical conversations about real problems and learn to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's going to work out some core issues. In, in a person like myself who comes from some abandonment trauma, I have to know that I can have hard conversations that people may not like me or be pleased with me in a moment or a time and still want to be in relationship with me. Right, right. You know, uh, in this particular couple, he also said that she had had over 25 men in her life the year before they got married. And if you, if you may, if you know stuff like that about somebody who you're thinking about Mm -hmm. marrying, you might want to pause and, you know, because it's not like you're going to fix that. But right. Jackie, did you notice that when he was talking about that? Yes. I think I had a physical reaction to that. <laughs> I thought, hmm, that was a red flag. But the pleaser is, you know, I'm different. She's different with me. Mm-hmm. This will be the last relationship she'll ever need because mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of her and make her happy. And I have the superpower. I, I have the superpower, right? <laughs> yeah. And for 11 years, he thought he was doing that. Mm-hmm. And then reality struck and... He is now trying to figure out how to, he's still trying to make it better by fixing whatever is going Mm -hmm. on with her and not confronting the problem. There's so much fear to confront the problem because he doesn't want to be the bad guy. Yes. So it's, but it's also interesting too, because he actually handed her over to the enemy himself, Mm -hmm. but it's what happens to us as pleasers. I'm not one, but uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, surprise, Um, but it, but it happens because they get isolated. They want everybody else to be good. So he's not going to, he's not going to impose his problem on anybody. It it was enough for him to even bring it up to the guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard. He didn't know how he was going to have that conversation. And then he has the conversation and the guy's like, man, there's nothing going on here. I'm helping her out. She's struggling. I've been through this before. I know how to manage this. I'm going to help her. He helped her right into his bed. Well, and it's like I told a client who is in a similar situation earlier this week. I told him, I said, your good guy is way overrated. Yeah. I'm like, straight up, man. Like that, that good guy thinks he thinks he has more power and is a bigger deal than what he actually is. And that good guy is solving the wrong problem. And as a result, is only giving license and growth to the real problem. It, it, it gives bullies permission to be bullies. Yeah. 
it, it's the idea that you know people can take advantage of me but i'm i'm just I, i'm a nice guy i mm-hmm. love it well we're going to go back to the calls and we are going to talk with charles who's calling us from shreveport louisiana listen saying kflq or o i think uh hi charles we're so glad you called how can we help you today Yes, I'm so glad to be on with you guys. This is my first time ever hearing you. So when I heard you, I was like, there's a question that I have to get off of my chest that I would love for you guys to answer. Um, God is calling me to be a church planter. Um, I hear ministry on my heart so much. Um, I hear build a church, start a church, build community. Um, But it's scary to me because my life previous or before hearing the calling, I was such a sinner. Mm. Mm. I, I, I was such a sinner, and I know I've done things that it's like, how can I even put myself out there like that? And how will people respond to it? So my question is, how do you get over the discouragement when it's hard to be used by God? Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, Charles, mm-hmm. we love that you're even asking the question because that shows that you're aware of God's call on your life. And it is difficult. Mm-hmm. But Chris, where would you start? I'm going to start with something really shocking is that, Charles, God doesn't want to use you. Mm. God wants to love you. Mm. Mm. And your usefulness will come out of that place. Mm. Because the truth of the matter is, is that um, you know what a pastor is? His, uh, this is this is between you and I, Charles. <laughs> he's a sinner. Mm. Yeah, because he's a human being. And, and and so the idea behind this is that we're not, you know, again, we know these cliches. God doesn't call the the perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually calls the broken. Now we have to be. There's another path here, though. It's it's yes. I want you to be able to cultivate your work with God in two things: forgiving the past and growing from the past. Right? Because I work with a lot of people right now who are going through horrible trauma as a result of church abuse. And let me just be brutally honest: so much church abuse is happening. Because the leaders haven't worked out their own stuff, mm-hmm. and they're working it out on their people, and so that's so amazing. That's that's what I. That's what made me call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and that so that that's inner what made me call it. and that shows me that Charles, you have some great inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. So what I would want you to get involved with is a process that you're accountable to and that you're supported well by that lone rangering. Any venture like this is only going to create more harm. Mm -hmm. So you want to get involved in healthy organizations that don't just look at the strategies of church planting, but look at the whole person who is doing the leading. Yeah, I'm thinking life recovery, Charles, if if you were to get involved with Mm. the life recovery group and begin the process of recovery, your shame that you're feeling right now is going to alleviate because you're going to recognize, like you said, you know, we're all, we all start there. Yeah. We, it doesn't matter what the story is. And Paul himself said mm-hmm. he was the greatest of sinners. And yet he chief changed. Sinner. Yeah, right. chief yeah. sinner. See, so you got something in mind with Paul there, Charles. And with most of us. Yes. Um, Charles, <laughs> the, the past that you've lived can inform your ministry. 
people are going to look at where you came from and try to use that against you. That's Satan's tactic. Mm -hmm. It's not new. We expect it. And when God calls us to things, he prepares us. And I think part of his preparing of you is to bring up in your spirit that you have work to do. Mm. It's it's not that you were a sinner um, and so you can't do this work. It's we're all sinners is what Jesus mm-hmm. came for. And you have to do your work on those things that left pain, that those traumatic things. <laughs> yeah, and Jackie's technology is talking to <laughs> those traumatic experiences or that you maybe had or caused throughout your youth. Those are the things that you want to work on because what will happen is you will begin pastoring a church from the place of your old wounding, hurt. and yeah. it will just hurt more people yes. because wow. you are going to have yeah. some rigidity and and some maybe even some chaos making around whatever you grew up in, and thinking the idea is to hold firm on these new behaviors and and really it's what what chris said god loves you and it's that love that's going to grow the church his church Mm -hmm. just just that love that's what the church planning is about it's about planting yourself full of god's love in a community where that love is going to grow and i love the idea becky of a um, life life recovery recovery Mm -hmm. group yeah because you know when we work recovery we we do believe recovery is for everyone and charles you've already started with just recognizing where you came from and knowing that you know, life was unmanageable and I'm handing it over to Christ, but now he's given me this call to help others. That's how we help others is Mm -hmm. to be honest and aware. Um, You know, and I love though the idea though, Chris, because there are a lot of people out there in organizational structures, Mm -hmm. whether it's church or otherwise, that can get you into a corner that's not healthy. Yeah, And we want you to continue following a good plan, a good process. You're not going to have to reinvent the wheel, you Mm -hmm. know, try a couple of different things out, find a mentor. We can get you connected even with a life coach that can help you along this way, Charles. We're going to send you a copy of the Life Recovery Bible, which has all the steps and devotionals. Um, It's a great way to get started in the journey of life recovery. And we'll even get you connected with the life recovery group um it's it really has changed so many people's lives well and i just need to reiterate something very quickly because it's super important there's a lot of us that want to go out there as lone rangers and that is an unhealthy hero inside of us trying to work out something else inside of us right the best leadership we will have is with other healthy people who help us get healthier. There you go. Accountability is a gift of support, yep. not a police that gets me in trouble. Yeah, I love that. I love that. If you need some help, don't be a Lone Ranger. Call us, 1-800-229-3000. We'll get you connected. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, I just want to say a big shout out of thanks to our Club New Life family. Uh, These folks are faithful. Every month they give to New Life and it helps us do all kinds of ministry and helps people in, you know, the most difficult places find hope. And that's what we're all about. If you want to join Club New Life, uh, give us a call or go to newlife.com and click on Club New Life and we'll get you uh, started to be part of the family. We just want to say thank you. Uh, We're going to go to uh, call with Tom, 
who's calling us from Los Angeles, listens on KKLA. Hello, Tom. How can we help you today? Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question, and it's really for a friend of mine, and I'm going to have him, uh, I I think I can listen to this, uh, have him listen to this um, uh, call, but he is going into a blended family. Uh, He is both he and his, um, uh, both he and his wife-to-be, they are uh, been married before, and so they're bringing in a couple of children into the marriage. What I know blended families are really, really hard, but what is some good advice that you could give him that would help him uh, going into this blended family? Because, again, I, I know that it's, it's tough. Okay, well, Tom, you know, it's a good good friend to call on behalf mm-hmm. of another friend. And, you know, we have so many blended family situations yeah, now. Yeah. It's a very common occurrence. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's any easier. But, uh, Chris, how would you start? I mean, this is terrible to say, but I'm like, stop calling it a blended family and start calling it a blender family. Because <laughs> it gets because me- it gets messy. <laughs> so and it the- can be painful. It can be painful. But I, I think that it... In working with blended families, it starts here. You are not marrying a person. Let's get that crystal clear. Uh-huh. If you think you're marrying a person, you're under a horrific illusion because you are marrying an entire system of people mm-hmm. that have already established a way. And most bent blended families are also marrying into traumatized children if not themselves are traumatized. So you're marrying into pain and hurt. And also you're marrying into distrust. And the distrust may not come from the partner, it's probably gonna come from the children. And that distrust, if I can even validate it, is necessary. Because what those children need more than anything else is a safe person. What most children in blended family situations do not give you is safe emotions Hmm. and safe reactions. Hmm. And so a lot of times I see the mistake is people going in saying, I married this beautiful person that's going to, that we're going to build a happy life together. And these children are messing it all up. Hmm. And I just want to go back and this is harsh for me to say, and I know I'm not in that situation. So maybe it's out of line, but I'm just saying, how selfish well, to not consider hurt children in the situation and the care that they need. That is powerful. Jackie? Uh, um, I'm not in that situation, but I grew up in that situation. And it's, as many, as numerous as the problems were in my childhood, the thing that my parents did get right was the way in which they blended the family. We mm. just don't have a, a step mindset. Mm. And... The children were like, I just never, I never felt it. Now, mind you, I am a recovering emotional avoider. And so I'm sure I felt it, but I didn't feel that I'd lost a parent. I I just got bonus parents. I got bonus grandparents and bonus cousins. And there wasn't, um, there were battles. I was a teenager during some of this. And so, of course, I tried to make it as hard as I possibly could for my new father. Um, But the thing that they did the best was that they dealt with their stuff. They didn't make it our problem. And mm. when the kids had something going on, all the adults had to get it together and show up. So Christmases were all of our 
all the dads could be there. All the stepmoms could be All the kids, are, we're all family. Yeah. And so it's important for the kids to have that stability of everybody. Become the bonus dad. Become the bonus mom mm. rather than trying to be the step parent because there's just some negative connotation about that and we begin to then act out in those negative ways and feel like we're being treated by our stepkids mm-hmm. in those negative ways and so I think that the family needs to do therapy yeah, mm. because there's stuff that happened in those two previous relationships plus they're bringing generational trauma in they pro- you know probably previous divorce they're children of divorce yeah. children of divorce yeah. right and now we're carrying that trauma forward and if nobody ever does the work to re- resolve the way that they are responding to that trauma we're just passing that down to the yeah. next generation and now we've we've just blended like you said it's it's the blender family mm-hmm. then right yeah and now we have more adults coming out of that marriage that are going to go out and have to do the same thing well when i think about my own stepdad as, as you're saying that jackie mm-hmm. and he did an amazing job i don't know if it was intentional or not of playing the long game mm-hmm you know, yep. of building trust in our lives and, and showing up for us <coughs> over a long period of time. Mind, and even with alcoholism, mm-hmm. he was still the parent I would call in an emergency. Yeah. He yeah. was still the most responsive parent. And he's been sober now going on 37 years. Thank God. So my my children yeah. have that great, you know, that great relationship with him. But we wouldn't have that if he hadn't He's always treated me as if I was his blood-born yeah, child. Yeah. And I know that because then my mom and him had a child, my brother, and he doesn't treat any of us any different. That's beautiful. There's That's just beautiful. no there's no line. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You know? and, and, and you mentioned I yeah, just had that same experience, you yeah. know. And I just, you know, my my stepdad, mm-hmm. you know, that he is in my bio dad's no longer with us mm-hmm. and, you know, his same. his illness kind of took him out. But my boys know my stepdad as grandpa. There's yeah. not another right. one. Yes, sir. And so it, it's and, and he is a phenomenal grandfather yep. to them. And it is such a huge blessing. Well, Tom, I think if you have your friend listen to this answer, they're going to get all kinds of information. I think, yeah. you know, the key piece of this whole thing is let love guide you Mm -hmm. Um, because when we truly love others we make room right it's love is patient kind keeps no record of wrongs i like the idea of putting your name in there yes yeah Yeah. jackie is patient jackie is kind right tell tell these truths to yourself and take that into the marriage and often we want to the kids will suffer because the adult wants to be happy. Yes. And I just think that adults need to take a step back and think about that for a moment. How did that work out for you in your childhood? Because right. mm-hmm. I know you're doing it because somebody else did it to right. you. Right. Yeah. Um, we're just going to keep passing down the same generational That's trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we are so grateful that you called, Tom. You know, I'm thinking about um, this weekend, we have our Restore Intensive for women who have experienced betrayal. And what we're talking about here is the pain of recovery. Mm-hmm. And it's worth doing. It's also what we were talking about when we talk about emotional freedom and Mm -hmm. you know whatever the pain is we have to inspect it to find the truth of our life and keep doing that work wouldn't it be great if it was just you know as easy as go to a beach and hang out for the day no you gotta go write it in the sand and let the waves take it away yeah beautiful beautiful (laughs) sentiment that's a a beautiful metaphor beautiful metaphor but you're gonna have to actually do something that's right and it may not feel good but it probably won't. It, right. Well, and for betrayed partners out there, let me just address this. 
the work you have to do is unfair. Right. Let's that's that's the bottom line. I wish I could take that away. Right. I, I wish that you wouldn't have to do work because of what was done to you, right. not what you did. Right. And yet I want to invite you, because I've seen it so many times with remarkable women who have gone into the work, and what they got on the back end of that was better than they ever had yes. on the front end of yes. the pain. Yes. Come and be with us this weekend for Restore. Thank you, Jackie, and thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you. you, callers and listeners. We will see you next time on New Life Live. You can call us, 1-800-NEW-LIFE, and we'll get you connected with some help. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.